I'm Danica Juarez. And I'm Jan James. And this is How's It Hold Up? Hello there. I'm Danica Juarez. And I'm Jan James. I am a lesbian trans woman and super into animation. And I'm an AP English teacher at the high school level and author of the published thesis, Transfigured Women Gamers. And today we are covering All Dogs Go to Heaven, the 1989 classic from Don Bluth. Yes. Um, So before um, we actually start talking about our initial reaction, I just wanted to give you two interesting facts about how it was initially received. Um, This movie competed directly, came out the same day as Disney's The Little Mermaid. Oh, goodness. How do you... Just at, at a guess, how do you feel that went for it? I think that probably hurt it greatly. It did? What if I told you that was purposeful and Jeffrey Katzenberg was very tired of the fact that the last two Don Bluth films, um, An American Tale and The Land Before Time, did better than the Disney movies, or at least critically, and I think in at least one case um, commercially. Um, and so he was intent on having them directly compete and then... Yeah, I mean, The Little Mermaid was what a lot of people consider the beginning of the Disney Renaissance. So, um, didn't go well for all dogs to have Um In fact, a lot of contemporary reviews compared it unfavorable, unfavorably to The Little Mermaid in terms of its narrative, its animation, and its songs. Mm. Um, which is understandable, but it also doesn't necessarily feel like these two films should be directly compared. They're no. very different fare. Yes. Um, fortunately for it, though, it did, even though it wasn't a box office success by any means, it did end up becoming one of the best-selling VHS releases ever. So oh. It did very well in that market. Oh, good. For what that's worth. So, what were your initial reactions of this film? Obviously, both of us have seen this before, even though it's been quite a while. Well, very, very nostalgic. Yes. And I have to preface because when you were little, <laughs> um, you almost every day for quite some time, I would have to guess whose name you were <laughs> before you would answer any of my requests. So this is when you were, gosh, I guess anywhere between, I guess, four Maybe yeah, somewhere probably. four or five-ish. And it was always, I could always guess, is it, are you Itchy the dog? And you would say, yes. And then you would answer to Itchy and I would have to call you Itchy all the time. So this has lots of meaning and lots of memories to me. I had forgotten, of course, that Burt Reynolds played mm. uh, Charlie. Yes. And, of course, John Bluth. I've always really Bluth. enjoyed um, John Bluth who played Itchy the dog. Am I, am I saying that wrong? No, um, so, um, am I saying John Bluth? Don Bluth. Don, I made, did say no, wait, John. Wait, wait. Don, Don Bluth made the movie Dom DeLuise voices Itchy. Oh, got you, got yes, you, yes, got yes. you, got you, got you. Don Bluth. Okay, Dom DeLuise. Yeah, they have similar first names. I don't know why I said John. Okay, but, but Dom. Yeah, Dom Dom DeLuise. I've yes. always enjoyed Dom DeLuise. Want and a fun his, fact? Yes. Um, Don De, Dom DeLuise and, um, uh, Burt Reynolds had worked together on mm-hmm. like five Lots different things, things Lots before of things, that. Yes. Um, oh, where did I? Have he was also down? in Robin Hood Men and Tights. Yes. Played the gangster guy that yes, they, yes. they brought in. Yes. Um, but um, because they had a good working relationship and stuff, they actually requested to uh, record their lines together. I don't know how much you know about 
how animated movies are usually made but that's rare okay. usually usually actors do not actually record their lines together um and sometimes you can really feel that when stuff isn't edited very well and uh, or just yeah sometimes you can feel that but in this case they recorded together and they actually ad-libbed a whole lot of their stuff oh that's awesome and i just know that from critical role which i'm a huge huge flight <laughs> yes. fan of and they are all voice actors She's and actresses so into that. i'm so into that i love you all love you mad mercer all of you guys <laughs> um but but yeah they talk about recording and it's usually individually yes. and it's not yes yeah. exactly yeah so but that wasn't the case with these two and i think i also heard that um the actors who play Carface and Killer, uh, Killer, the like lackey. Yes, and I and I uh, Vic Tabak and Charles Nelson Riley. I think they also recorded in the studio together. And Charles Nelson Riley, if I'm not mistaken, he was in Bewitched or it were other type very of very possibly uh, sitcoms like that. He, he was in a couple of very... other Don Bluth films, also. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I can I can absolutely visualize that character who, by yeah. the way, wears glasses or you know yes, often yes. wears glasses. Uh, so, but yes, so in that sense, it was very. I very much enjoyed. Uh, I very much enjoyed it because lots it brought back so many, lots of nostalgia, uh, brought back all kinds of memories, um, somewhat of a dark theme, which mm-hmm. isn't, isn't, you know, I'm not usually a, a favorite, you know, in favor, but just sure. so many wonderful redeeming moments as well as I, I really enjoyed the storyline and I loved, again, the interactions with all the characters. So yes, yeah. it was, my first impression was very positive and fun, enjoyable film. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I would I would overall agree. I, I had a very good time. I think the film definitely doesn't hold up as well as my nostalgia for it. I think does, I would agree. You know? um, we'll, we'll discuss, obviously, as we continue, but it sort of feels like a film that's fairly strong for its first half and falls apart a little bit in the second half. <laughs> um, but there's even, even in that second half, there are moments that are... Very good. So and some heart wrenching songs to me. Oh yes, really, there are some. And there's moments. some. I uh, I definitely would understand why critics would compare the songs in this movie to The Little Mermaid unfavorably, but The Little Mermaid was um, um, Howard Ashton at like the top of his game, and that that's an unfair comparison. Right, <laughs> um, like right. those were The Little Mermaid is like written as a musical. This movie was clearly not written as a musical. It was written as a movie that then had songs thrown in. So, um, but most of those songs are pretty fun, I think. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, my, my initial reaction, I enjoyed it. Would you recommend it, you think? Here's your initial reaction. I think my initial reaction is, yes, I would recommend it. I think I would, I think I would agree. Yes. All right. Well, let's get specific. Okay. Um, so let's talk about that animation. What do you think about it? What are do you have any thoughts about the animation itself? I don't know if it was just the quality of what we saw, mm-hmm. you know, as far as like pixels and whatever. It just seemed more faded than just not as vibrant as even some of the others. Like the color choices? Or... Correct, but even the clarity of the images. I noticed and I yeah, I I wonder if it was there in the original theatrical run or if that over if that has to do with how the the original film's been maintained as it's transferred to Blu-rays and stuff like that. But there were moments where it was pretty crystal clear and then moments where it felt kind of like 
smudgy and blurred. Yes, I know. That's... And the, and a lot of times that that blurriness would go away pretty quick, but it, it kept coming back periodically. I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure. I would agree. And that's what I mean. It just wasn't as sharp. Yeah. Or as, and, and yes, the color choices also, I can see where it would, that it was such an unfair comparison between it and Little Mermaid because the color and the scheme and and the vibrancy of Little Mermaid, all the colors oh, yes. and the richness of those colors and even the characters, um, Ariel and and the color palettes for for all the those different characters. Mm-hmm. This was very muted uh, and yes. and you know which lots I don't of think is necessarily darker, bad, but right. it definitely it's it's definitely going to be compared unfavorable because of that because most critics and adults tend to view children's movies as like they need to be bright and colorful to be good i don't know if being bright and colorful would have been better for this because i think overall its color palette worked for what it was trying to be i don't know it was it was interesting but i definitely i'm not sure about that smudginess and stuff that feels not purposeful and i'm curious if that was in the original theatrical run, or if that's just relics of it being converted and stuff like that, and, and maybe the original footage not holding up as like getting damaged along the years, I don't know. Well, that's just what causes me to kind of pause when you ask what mm-hmm. is my impression of the animation well, sure. because I'm just, I it's not, you know, it just didn't seem like does not seem like it's the best animation I've seen. Certainly, I mean, it's not. Disney at the top of their game during the Disney Renaissance with a bunch of money behind it, definitely. But I think, um, at least for me, I I liked. There's kind of a messy and chaotic charm to it. Um, mm-hmm. Like it almost, yeah. It it sometimes stuff almost happens too fast, and it just feels chaotic. But overall, I enjoy that effect. It's just kind of part of Dom de Luisa's, not Dom de Luisa, sorry. Uh, Don Bluth's style with a lot of his movies is that his the animation that he pushes for tends to be a bit more chaotic and less refined mm-hmm. than than your typical Disney fare, which isn't necessarily bad, but it's definitely a a different style, and I can understand why some people wouldn't like it. Well, and I absolutely love the animation of Anne Marie. Uh, her oh, animation she, was oh, adorable and I'm, precious all oh, the time. I, lo- I know. I loved it. And of course, Charlie. Yeah, It was a hot mess, but so he much, so much animation in his face and his just, yeah. Especially I liked, the uh, towards, towards the end, he, he has the, um, his, his watch, you know, and he's trying to keep it out of the water. Right. And he gets a candy cane stuck in his mouth <laughs> and like, he kind of uses it to lift the watch above the waterline, which I thought was just an adorable piece of animation. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. And then, of course, the I forgot the actor that you said played it, but the one that was the poodle sidekick of Scarface. His is name is cra- Killer. A killer, yes. A killer just cracks. Charles me up. Nelson the, the big, Yes, Charles Nelson Riley. The big uh, proportion. Po- it was just funny. I loved yeah. his proportions and and his ears and his glasses that was that was great and then of course i absolutely love itchy the dog and as can i say my favorite line yet we'll get to voice okay let's keep it there. okay let's because, keep it there yeah, used to say this a lot <laughs> uh, but yes there's a favorite line there from itchy the dog i'll just i'll just we'll give, get there yeah, we'll get yeah, there i'll just uh yeah i think i think that i think the animation has a lot of 
like kind of take squash and stretch to an extreme sometimes um, in a way that's a little unrefined, but really distinct and interesting. Yes. And I think sometimes also where the animation got particularly fuzzy for me was in the heaven scenes. And some of that, like sometimes with some of the clouds and some of some of the transitions from where they were from one place to another, it It, it got a little bit. It felt ethereal and like, yeah, hazy. Right, exactly. So that may have been in that case was probably purpose. Correct. Probably was, yeah, was very. But I also was very confusing choices (laughs) in heaven with the watches and the mounds of stuff. That was just. It's a very aesthetically disjointed place. Yes, it it was kind of strange. Yeah, little, yeah, I didn't seem, heaven. yeah, it didn't seem very heavenly. Yeah, uh, other than the parts class, of it did, but, yeah. and then parts of it were. Yeah, so yeah. that was that was a little bit interesting, but yes, but overall, you know, there wasn't much, there weren't a lot of things or inconsistencies that made me not, you know, a, unable to follow or not enjoy it because of the animation. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, I agree. All right, let's start talking about the story and characters. And let's start with the characters because I feel like I have a lot of things to say about okay. the story. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, and I guess let's sort of, we can sort of mix in voice acting here too, since that's an inexorable part of the characters. Yeah, thoughts? Well, I was going to say, I think it was, at, they did an excellent job of animating Burt Reynolds because Burt yeah. Reynolds used to be in, you know, Smoking the Bandit. Just so many, so many, uh, films mm-hmm. that I grew up seeing and you know and so that his of course voice acting and the animation of Charlie along with that I thought was very well done because I you know I could I knew I don't know I, I, I don't want to say I could see Burt Reynolds but but a lot of his expressions and his goofy grins and all I, of that I think that um they before they even casted him, always wanted him and were designing Charlie and his animation with Burr Reynolds in mind. Okay. Well, yeah. that, yeah. And that's, that's. <laughs> Which I think you could feel, like you're saying, you feel that. Exactly. And, and then of course, Itchy the dog, just with all the, the, the liter, literal itches and, yes. and so forth. And just how he would tumble over himself and how all of that happened. And even the, the flow of Charlie picking him up and moving him as, and especially in that first scene, can we say, when they're escaping prison? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. the very beginning yeah, exactly, of the movie. exactly. So they're, no, they they're, escape prison exactly, in the very first scene. As he keeps moving him, you know, just barely out of harm's way. I think that was really well I done. I mean, it's, I say prison. Technically, there are signs that say it's the pound, but like, okay. <laughs> also the whoever's a charge of the pound literally shoots at them exactly so, exactly yeah <laughs> exactly and as well as blowing things up and then of course the animation for Anne marie and the choices for her oh my gosh no the um I the voice actress it. who who does her is does a great job that's judith barcy okay. um do you want to hear a not fun fact what? judith barcy is not with us anymore oh, she yeah. wasn't with us before this movie got to theaters oh my goodness not gonna get into a lot of details but her abusive father killed her and her mother oh my god yeah how old was she like a kid she was a little kid oh i'm god. not sure exactly she how sounded old, like but she was little... young she also voiced ducky in the original land before time <gasps> um and this was that her last role heartbreaking yeah. Oh my it's gosh, I'm awful. gonna cry. You should have waited to tell me. Oh my gosh. Sorry, it's 
Oh. It's something that definitely has to have come up at some point in this yeah, podcast because it's an heartbreaking, unfortunate, infamous thing that is known wow. um, about you know, the behind the scenes of this movie, even though it's not directly related to the movie. But um, the, oh. the um, this the second song in the credits after Hallelujah um, is Did dedicated she sing to anything? her. She didn't. The uh, one song that Anne Marie sings is actually sung by a different actress, uh, Lana Beeson. Okay. Yeah, which was fairly ob- was fairly obvious in the moment. She doesn't sound a whole lot like her, but that's fine. I'm fine with having someone else sing for a little kid. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I it, it's tragic, and I don't want to dwell on it too much because it feels like sometimes people really dwell on that a whole lot. I want to celebrate what she did, and she did a really she great a job with this. Job. Like she she acted her little heart out. She, she did great. Did. Well, she did fantastic. Well, I mean, I just, I'm even more impressed because I just think that was, that, I mean, it it was just, it's really to me what kept the whole, I mean, just tied the whole movie together and just made yes, it so the heart compelling. That she brings. Yeah, mm-hmm. just made it so compelling. Um, I also enjoyed the character of the Collie. I don't remember what her name was. Flo, I think. Flo, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with the, the all her, she her was little voiced crew. by Loni Anderson. Okay, okay. And initially, I thought had qualities, but I thought not quite. But the one who played the Gator, I'm like, is that Tim Curry? <laughs> but I'm not. like, no, I know it's not. In fact, I looked at the credits, and but it it was reminiscent of King Gator. He doesn't yeah, have a name of, of, of his power. But but Ken Page is who okay. talked and sang for okay. him. Okay. But Tim Curry could have blown that out of the water, too. <laughs> I suppose <laughs> anyway, so, yes. <laughs> I love Tim Curry. Uh, anyway, but yes, that was that was very interesting and delightful. And, you know, also the choice of, you know, such the such a Cajun flavor. And also, too, with the whole aesthetics. I forgot it took place in New Orleans. Yeah, I was going to so say, with all it. the aesthetics and, you know. It also takes place in 1939, which I definitely didn't remember. Yeah. It mentions that, like, in a title card thing it like towards the very beginning i did not remember it was i know that, that it took ago. place that long ago so yes but yeah so so interesting interesting choices there but then certainly makes sense with the aesthetics and everything else while we're talking about characters and fun things they say i wanted to to let you know two lines that i found particularly amusing and then i feel like maybe there's a line that you would like to talk about <laughs> but maybe. first first i just wanted to say when um when when he's briefly in heaven. Um, I don't think the lady angel dog that's there is ever named in this film, but later films name her Annabelle. But regardless, she says, um, she says some, something about what the temperature is and, um, and then says, we're still on Fahrenheit here. Oh, which yeah. I just thought was funny. <laughs> like just random and cute. And then also way later in the movie, Charlie said, about the the little puppies and and Flo, like he mentioned as he was bringing Anne Marie there, that they're broker than the Ten Commandments. <laughs> <laughs> Which, wow, Charlie! Yeah. All right, taking yeah. a s- stance here. <laughs> she did not remember. That's funny. That's funny. And um, I too, as I'm just thinking of with animation, the Grand he was such a hot mess. Oh my gosh, he was more of a hot mess than Charlie. And oh, that was so funny. And then the the um, the very snob snobbish but very serious uh, horse, Mm -hmm. uh, female horse that was like. 
excuse me, you know, and then she'd go into her rant. It's the grandchild's birthday. Yeah. That was great. Uh, but no, I so think her the... name is, is Stella Dallas. Oh, okay. She voiced by Anna Manahan. Okay. Okay. So when DJ was young, and especially if DJ was not happy with me or mm-hmm. something, DJ would say, you are galoo. <laughs> and that is exactly what Itchy the dog said to the, to the horse, horse which is pretty the horse, up. Exactly, to the horse that, that he was not happy with. I didn't with. get that. I don't think I understood that context as a kid. Yes, and no. And it's just like, no. that's a weird insult, but okay, yeah, I'll yeah, go with yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You knew, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but yes, he said it, Itchy said it to the horse because yes. the horses were not being cooperative in talking to Anne-Marie so they could find out who was going to win the race. And then so young baby me said that. A lot. Yes. <laughs> you are galoo. <laughs> now mostly you say it as a reference yes, to our yes. shared past. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Just like there's a line from Muppet Treasure Island. I love that's uh, one of my favorite movies of all time. We'll eventually have to get that there. on here. You're beautiful. Uh-huh. You're mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I love you, Mom. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about the story. Yes. For one, oh, I just, brief thing. So they mentioned at one point that Charlie was on death row. Why? What did I he do? Know, I know. What would a dog have done? I mean, to... he says he's framed and he probably was by Carface um, in a way that he didn't know it was Carface, I guess. But yeah, what was he framed for? Well, okay. The only thing that I can think row? of logically as far as why they would put down an animal would be if they bit, like bit someone. Human, yeah, if I they guess. bit humans. Yeah, yeah. Or something. And yeah. That makes sense. And they felt like they were like. They do Rabbit, so much like human or, stuff that you forget that they're animals sometimes. So yeah, right. if they bit a human, yeah, I could see that, especially in 1939. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, or especially if they injured, you know, a human or yeah. a child or something seriously. So, um, say I'll, I'll end this part with some weird plot stuff, but first, a couple of smaller things. And this this is interesting, and I actually found out pretty recently. So you know how the uh, killer is being like lowered into the thing with the piranhas or whatever, and he's like, "I got a gun," and he gets pulled up, and yes. Carface is like, "Oh, a gun? Tell me about it." And he and it's a ray gun, and then he like cuts to Carface, and he says, "A ray gun," but the the those words and the animation seem slightly off. He definitely. Didn't say ray gun, and it definitely wasn't a ray gun originally. Was it a machine gun? When you gun? see it in the movie, does it look like a ray gun to you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the sounds like are gun. ray gun-esque, but uh, yeah, no, that was censored. Oh, wow. <laughs> and yeah. they were like, mm, you can't have them just firing this machine gun off. And what he probably said was like a real gun, because um, that would have been fairly close to his mouth movements. I don't think we know exactly what he said, but like, yeah, that gun was never and originally intended to be a ray gun okay <laughs> um and that means that charlie just got like shot with a bunch of bullets from a machine gun briefly oh um, wow into the there was probably i don't know and so this is just speculation but he fell into tomatoes feels like maybe some blood some actual blood was there at one point too oh, but wow. who knows yeah, um, that would have been that would have been pretty intense that might have been a, kids, a lot <laughs> for a kids movie. i still goodness. think it could have been okay to have it be a machine gun though because like you're already like smoking and gambling and those people were shooting at the dogs in the beginning so whatever but yeah they they had to uh, change that a little bit 
Wow. Um, Interesting. Okay, and then, uh, well, we talk about the end scene at the end because it's spoiler stuff. But before, let's talk about some weird plot things. Uh, the first time in the movie where I was kind of like, huh, was very early on. And it's after the Can't Keep a Good Dog Down song when Itchy, when like the wall swivels and Itchy ends up behind it. What? That was weird. Like, yeah. was that just me? It was super sudden. And I don't still really understand why it happened. Yeah. And then like later he overhears some people, but it feels like he could have been maneuvered into that position easily in a different way i don't know what the spinning wall thing was about i don't either i mean because i don't remember necessarily seeing it at another time yeah i don't know i don't know then later there like uh, initially after they have Anne marie there's a lot of talk about laying low and not letting carface know they're alive but then but they once had he a, get they get money he's like, like let's Charlie, build a Charlie's giant place casino with my Charlie's name place yes. yeah little seemed... a little strange that that it's not necessarily unbelievable, but it feels like a line of dialogue or two could have been worth like, are you sure about this, Charlie? Like, he's got to know. Like, it's just something yeah. to acknowledge that that sudden shift in priorities there. I don't know. Yeah. It, it's, it, seemed, it also just seemed like his character shifted from like wanting revenge to just wanting to have his own place, which is, I guess, revenge if he's doing better than Carface, but is a very indirect form of revenge. Right. I don't know. Yeah. And two is, you know, you would think it, with the rivalries, again, it doesn't make a lot of sense because it seems like that would be a great way to have your place sabotaged. Yeah. Or if there were so many thugs with Carface that they wouldn't just come yeah, in and right? try to take y'all out, kind of like a rival gang or something. Right. I don't know. Um, and then I I noticed that the it felt like after the so oh no no what was it first quick question why did Charlie keep that wallet that he stole from the uh, future adoptive parents I don't like know. he he had that and then you know there's the whole scene where he brings pizza to the puppies. And the wallet falls off of him at some point and Anne-Marie picks it up. And like, obviously the reason he has it is for the plot so that she sees that. And it's like, oh, you don't trust you, bird to bird. But like, why did he keep that? <laughs> yeah. And why would he, why would there have still been money? Did he put money right. back in there well, yeah, after there was money in it made too. all the money? Like, why keep that wallet? Like, he's not stupid. And it's seemingly been a while to build the casino and everything. Stop having that on you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just get rid I know. of it. Why would he be carrying it walking around? So I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, that was yeah. weird. Like it made sense for like the plot because it was obvious why they wanted it to be there. But it did, doesn't make sense from a character standpoint. Why would he have that? Right. It would have made more sense for her to have found it somewhere like in the place they built yeah. or in his car or exactly. somewhere. Yeah. 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 But yeah. it's not how it happened. And then, so she runs off and she goes to um, those the her future adoptive mom and, and dad's house. And, you know, they're giving her food or whatever. And then they kind of go off and then she's talking to Charlie outside the window. The cut from that scene after she starts going into the flowers to then the market that they're walking through was like really sudden and jarring. It felt like maybe an extra line or two of dialogue because he hadn't talked about going anywhere. She wasn't saying, I'm going to go with you. She just let it seem like she was 
going into the flowers to see if he was all right. But then suddenly it just cuts. Yeah. Right. And it would have even made more sense for them to be walking and him say something like, let's go get you whatever. And yeah. to make sense why they would be in a market or something. Right. Because, yeah, I mean, very strange. It's odd. And then there's plenty of other plot stuff to talk about, but we'll save that for the spoiler alert section. Okay. Because it's a lot of stuff towards the, the end starts feeling a little rushed and, and weird, <laughs> to say the <laughs> least. Um, let's talk about sound design. Before we talk about the songs, I don't know, any opinions on the actual music itself that was in there? Um, the, the score, as it were? Which was by Ralph Burns. Okay. <laughs> there were there were some songs that I liked. No, not the songs yet. The score. The score. We'll get to the songs in just okay. a sec. I think it was I think it was good. I think it was adequate. I yeah. I wouldn't say it was spectacular, but it was I mean it was good. Yeah. I think I'd agree. There certainly wasn't I can't recall any moments that really jumped out at me as like me really being like, Mm, the music feels really good in this scene. It was just I think it worked well yeah. for everything, but it didn't really jump out at me. How about those songs, though? There were some songs that I liked a lot. I mean, even like "You Can't Get a Good Dog Down." That was that was cute. I mean, it was yeah. fun. That was a fun song. I love the the song that Anne Marie sings, but I can't remember the it's name of it off the top. Soon of. you'll come home. Soon you'll come home. Mm-hmm. That was very pretty. Yeah. The you know the songs with the heaven. I don't know. I can't remember. You know something about. Let me be surprised. Let me be surprised. That yes. was that was kind of cute. So on the soundtrack, at least the beginning parts where he kind where like he and she kind of sing is included as part of that song. But those parts are bad and not fun to listen to musically. Yes. But once they actually start singing and the music and the melody is there for the "Let Me Be Surprised" part of the song, I, I find it really enjoyable, and that's maybe my favorite song in the movie. It just it's fun. I think again that there were no songs that were just <laughs> yes <laughs> there were there were no songs that just totally just swept me away but Sorry, i no. but I enjoyed i mean i I definitely enjoyed those three, and I really um I thought it the one again with I now I forgot what you said, but that Anne Marie sang I just thought uh, that was, soon you'll come home soon you'll come home that mm-hmm. was that was beautiful. And um, we can talk about the song after that in terms of it being a song, but let's not discuss the circumstances around it. Um, correct. The let's make music together. Uh, but first, how did you feel about what's mine is yours? It was. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like you're waffling on it, but it, it yeah. kind of sucks, right? Yeah. And it. I feel like it sucks not just because it's not a great song, but it feels kind of like unnecessary and tacked on. It doesn't need to be there. It doesn't enhance the plot. That's true. It's kind of. Yeah. And it also like is right before the soon you'll come home song too. Like they are literal. I don't think they're even a minute apart. Yeah. Maybe. I would agree. It doesn't do any. I mean, if, if it wasn't in there, I wouldn't have missed it. Yeah. 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 And it'd be, I mean, again, I really enjoy Burt Reynolds, but it's not oh, like, certainly. not, not like I'm like, oh, I, I want to hear Burt Reynolds sing. I mean, you know, it's not like. He doesn't have the most melodic No, voice. I mean, so again, they could have, yeah, could have, could have done without that. Mm-hmm. How about let's make music together? 
just as a song. It, that was fun. Um, it was, I mean, not like it's the best song in the world, but, oh, no. but it was, it it's was, catchy. it was, it was catchy. Yeah. It was, yeah. 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 It's, it's definitely odd, but it's, yeah, it's a fun ditty. Yeah. <laughs> I would agree that it's odd. There were many odd things in this, but again, but, <laughs> yes. but again, enjoyable. I mean, in, in contrast, since, you know, in some of our previous podcasts, in comparison, for example, to Cinderella 3, some of the songs in there that just really weren't memorable. Yeah. Or, you know. I would say the songs in this are definitely overall more memorable. Exactly. Yeah. So, because there were others, I was like, I Nice. I know there were some songs, but I don't really remember. Whereas it yeah, was these... like what two, three days ago that we recorded that episode, and I don't right. remember any of the songs. I know, I know. So yes, so in in that sense, yeah. you know, they they were more memorable to me. Definitely, I agree. Yeah. Okay, let's get to how's it hold up. You can start. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you have thoughts on that? I again, I don't think it holds up as well as I you know, as I even remembered, I mm-hmm. also, I don't, I don't think it would be something that I, I can't fathom wanting my children to watch this. I, I think a lot of parents may have a that's big a issue with that. That's a weird thing to say, because I, I was your you child and I watched it. I know, it. <laughs> that's because you were very, I mean, when, which, which really kind of surprises me, looking at this, it was kind of like, I let DJ watch it this all the time. Seem, like you, I'm kind of it was like, a long time before you let me watch Animaniacs. And I know, like, but was this before Animaniacs? I mean, it came out in 1989, but I'm not. Sh- I don't. I, I wasn't born it, then, right so I'm not sure when. Yeah, you got it on VHS at to, some point, yeah. I assume. And I mean, I I think because the thing, obviously, the theme, just the things that I didn't like about Pinocchio, where you have people, and maybe my rationale, it's like, makes me feel like a terrible parent. Oh. Maybe my rationale is it's dogs smoking and drinking, which is unrealistic, <laughs> and it's not people. I don't know. I don't know. But it's, yeah, the theme is pretty dark. It's kind of like they're gangsters, and they're like mafia. They're trying it, to and it feels snuff like snuff each other out. It feels like it's less, like Pinocchio, which we'll get to at some point, the smoking and the gambling is inherently framed as bad. Like that, that, that what the boys are doing is bad. There's not really that framing here of like, wow, the smoking and this gambling is bad. And the that's dog's not really the method of the because movie. Charlie's yeah. clearly drunk when they're yeah. like, there's no know, real they... point where that is moralized against, which I mean is fine, but is certainly interesting for kids movie (laughs) i know i know so yeah i i don't know where my head was at thinking sure this is there's just this is just so benign i don't know it's like watching it now i'm kind of like what was i thinking (laughs) how about how about some of that light racism though do you remember it Mm -mm. in the you can't keep a good dog down song there's uh, a part where itchy is going on about like their breeding i think or something there's a part where he says that he has a bit of siam in him Mm -hmm. and um the animation on his face it's a little bit racist he puts like a a A hat on i don't think i don't know if it was actually a hat or if like he got a symbol or something but he a thing that looks like you know a typical like stereotypical hat and then his eyes kind of widened and his teeth his front teeth got really big and it was unpleasant Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was quick but it's gross that's a not a cool joke and then later in a scene that we will discuss much more in the spoiler section 
there's some little mice that are like drawn as natives with like bones and and oh, stuff in and the, like in the underground cages. Yes, scene. there's some little mice that like they're small in the frame because they're not really the focus, but like they. The way they're drawn is unpleasant, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would agree. Yeah. The the racism in this movie isn't really ever at the fore and is usually pretty brief. But it there's those those two instances are both pretty gross and definitely don't hold up. And that was like 89. Like, not that we can excuse Peter Pan and, and Lady and the Tramp and stuff, but... At the very least, they were longer ago, and it makes it feel slightly more understandable that people thought that that was something they could get away with. But, like, that was 1989 with All Dogs Go to Heaven. That's not cool. <laughs> not cool at all. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Any other things about how how it holds up that you got some opinions on? Um, anything, I don't know, anything that seemed to, to date it? Um, how do you feel about... I don't know. I guess what do you even feel like its central message is? <sighs> well, <laughs> I mean, I, I do ultimately feel like Charlie does, you know, put other, someone else's needs ahead, you know, ahead of his own. Mm-hmm. But it even with some of the scenes and I won't get into specifics, but him having to put down what he's doing and deny what he's doing with Anne Marie to and itchy his feelings and, and his feelings mm-hmm. to itchy um of course bothers me because then i don't feel like there was that true redemptive or it could was not as powerful of redemptive moment as mm-hmm. it could have been so again i the whole the whole movie the the themes and everything were were dark kind of a negative and and kind of in that making your living at the expense of other people, hurting whoever to get ahead, you know, type Mm -hmm. mentality. Yeah. Soprano type mentality. I don't know. I think we can talk about it some more in the spoiler section, but yeah. 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 So again, in hindsight, it makes me feel like a terrible mom. (laughs) Mom. It's like, why? I don't don't think this is a real redeeming movie. I I don't know if my... I think I turned out all right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. And and if we wouldn't have those lines and you wouldn't have been Itchy the dog. But but no, I I think that maybe I rationalize that this is all animals and this is all very clearly fantasy and Mm. it's, you know, I'll personificate, you know, talking animals and it's not real. But again, there's a lot of parallels. Well, again, the whole, the whole business of these dogs and everything else was very much criminal underground. Oh, yeah. They're, you know, they're gambling. Soprano, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So in that sense, you know, even though you might have been sheltered and did not understand that, it still wasn't a great positive message. So, so in that sense, I don't think it, yeah. Yeah, especially in with it, with all that's going on in the world, there's there's enough, you know, people hurting each other. <laughs> and so <laughs> I don't know, I just can't fathom. Oh, let's just go. Let, let's have a fun weekend of watching everyone try to murder and frame each other. <laughs> I think I think it would have been a more interesting movie if it had been more focused on that. It feels like its message just kind of gets muddled, muddled and yeah. like it's not 100% sure what it wants to be by the end because yeah. Yeah, Charlie is mean and like pretty selfish. Sel- yeah, like selfish and just not really a nice guy until basically the end. And 
it's not i'm not i'm not sure that that was resolved in a completely satisfactory way but let's talk some more about that sort of thing in the spoiler section with our spoiler alert skip to 58 minutes and zero seconds All right, let's talk some more about some plot stuff first, and then we can talk about just the overall, um, including the spoilery stuff. First of all, what was that building that they hid in, and why was it falling apart? <laughs> I know! That was strange. Plus, why would you build, sorry, the new place in a junkyard and all these cars, uh, well, they know, were still in together, town, but at least they I were. I know, and like the, I think the building said something about Mardi Gras on it. I know it did, yeah. and so why did and it? And then like the floorboards just fall apart exactly. and they fall down into the water. Yeah, and and it didn't it didn't make clear what caused it to do that. No, it didn't. Like, it was weird. Yeah, I mean later with the big alligator, you know, so crashing let's actually into talk beams. about what what was that scene? Why was that scene? <laughs> Why was it the way it was? So there's a scene are you talking about? immediately after they fall down there where they get like put in cages by the native rats, which yeah. I already talked about. It's kind of gross. That the the rats like go away pretty quick. And then this giant alligator, crocodile, I don't know, one of the two. He's called King Gator. So alligator um, comes in and then tries to eat Charlie. But Charlie like howls. And the alligator thinks that that is beautiful and immediately becomes enamored with him, at least his voice, and then sings the big musical number. And and it becomes music yeah, and it becomes kind of like surreal because the setting itself changes and like becomes like this. I don't know. How would you describe it? Like, well, were they trying to? No, were they trying to play off of? Little Mermaid, where you have the underwater they, orchestra. I don't scene? believe I so. No, <laughs> they were developed in during the same time period. I don't think. That, uh, no, I don't think so. I, I I don't know. So to me, was it put in to add another musical number? It felt like it, and then like I don't know how it helped serve the. Okay, well, let me back that up. I know how it helped serve the plot because. Anne-Marie is ignored by the alligator and like falls in the water some and then gets sick. So her being sick is then part of the later plot. And then uh, towards the end, the alligator hears Charlie howl again and then comes and helps him. So like, I get how the alligator is used in the plot, but I question the need to make a giant, seemingly flamboyantly gay alligator be the way that you solve those plot points exactly. <laughs> like, yeah it feels like maybe our time could have been used better and i think you could have you could have resolved those things without this yes i mean because it was raining when Anne marie left so you could have yeah. her get sick another way and then you could also have her rescued another way and, and like even... he, he chomps charlie off of the thing and you could get him off, you could get him out of a dangerous situation in a different way exactly but i mean and then scarface could have been even shot by all the police coming or there. like all the stuff falls on like there's or, yeah. other ways to kill yeah. carface exactly like, yeah all the things the alligator did it doesn't really feel like the alligator needed to do that and it seems like the alligator destroyed a lot more things and put a lot more people in jeopardy than even sure but whatever <laughs> yeah. there's so much mayhem in this movie at this point whatever but like why yeah. why is it why does that scene happen 
and mm. why is that how they decided to is why is that the tool that they decided to use to resolve other parts of the plot yeah well and again interestingly was to me was it that oh we need to have representation of someone who is flamboyant and gay we need to have another song because if so i don't that think the was representation very... was on their mind no i don't think that you was i think a... it was just more of I think a slam. it was just a joke a joke okay i don't know just if it's a slam but just like just a big weird alligator man yeah, yeah. who has a bone through his nose because he's or maybe... loosely tied to the mice i don't know merchandising i don't know once once they start singing and the scene starts changing it becomes very hard to actually question the choices going here because it's all very baffling and i do like i know this is a kids movie but i would like to say i remember being very baffled by this scene even as a kid and it has only gotten more confusing (laughs) (laughs) like i don't understand yeah (sighs) let's move past it because there's some other stuff and just that scene is baffling. Yeah, I I agree. And again, I think you could have shown the flavor of New Orleans and things like that without a big without alligator, yeah, crocodile, whatever. Very I guess weird. alligator. Um. Okay. So then, so after, after that, it feels like stuff starts escalating super super quickly. Like Carface suddenly finds their base and confronts Itchy, and then it immediately cuts from him threatening Itchy to a church where Charlie and Anne Marie are and Itchy comes limping in and then goes up and is like, I got beat up basically by Carface and his goons. And then it's like, and also they did that. And he points across the way and like the casino's on fire. And it feels like a scene is missing in which Itchy escapes and gets hurt because he's limping and the place gets set on fire. Because there's not a scene that shows that. It just cuts from that to Itchy limping and being beat up and the place being on fire. Which felt weirdly rushed and a weird sudden escalation of tension in this in this story. And then of course the scene you talked about happens where Itchy's like, we gotta get rid of the girl or whatever, and you care too much about her, and then he's all like, no, I don't care about her, which is, of course, she's behind him listening, because that's how that happens in movies all the time. And so she runs off, and then is immediately captured by Carface, like, after she's a couple steps out of the church, I guess? I don't know how how that happened so quickly. Exactly. How did he know? Exactly. How did he know where she was? Yeah. 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 Did they, did they let, you know, and, and if so, they should have set up letting itchy get away with his life to follow yes. him that oh, they would could have, have and that would have made it make that would have made perfect sense, sense. Mm-hmm. but that none of those scenes are there but you're right that would have because made it why, immediately work exactly because why else would itchy still be alive with yeah. being beat up that badly and being surrounded and the place set on fire exactly. and everything you would think that he yeah. wouldn't have survived that right yeah like yeah you can kind of maybe extrapolate and come up with a theory as to how this happened but they should have showed that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's weird and baffling. And you just made it make, see, a way for it to have easily made more sense that wouldn't have had to add that much more animation in order to do it. Exactly. Um, hmm. Yeah. Does the barking, does the darking, bar, does the barking dogs in the city remind you of 101 Dalmatians? Yes. Yes. Okay, and me, two, me what too. did they add to the plot point? I don't know. 
Not a whole lot. A yeah, bunch because of dogs. the strange... it felt like a big rallying moment that wasn't necessarily deserved in any way. <laughs> well, also, what kind of falls apart at one point too is the couple, the Wallet family that, that sure. adopts. You <laughs> I know, like that the and, Wallet yeah, family, the Wallet family that that adopts Anne Marie. They're initially, I think, running with the dogs. Some people are running with the dogs. The dogs like the pull dogs. them along. Some, yeah, and some are. But then all of a sudden, it it was like they showed up in police cars. So with the, police cars, yeah, yes. at the end. But it seems like they know. came out of police cars. I don't know. So yeah. again, it just doesn't. Yeah. I don't know. Very confusing. And then it felt like Charlie found Anne Marie very quickly, mm-hmm. and like he's like Carface, and then a bunch of stuff with the dogs happen, and then Charlie's there at Carface's place where Anne Marie is, which I guess it makes some amount of sense to assume that Carface took her there, but like there's no A to B here. He doesn't like. Carface, and then we see him head towards the Carface. He probably took her there, or just him running towards there, or anything. He's just suddenly there, mm-hmm. very quickly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. So. Yeah. I. And it's interesting because very, very hard to follow. And again, I think easy fixes that would have made it much more clear. Right. And I get that animation is expensive, and they more than likely at how rushed that it ends up feeling at the end were also rushed and meeting their deadline, if I had to guess. That's speculation, but it certainly feels that way. But just, it feels like they wouldn't have needed that many fixes to make it work a little better than it actually does, even if you're keeping the weird alligator in there. (laughs) Yeah, or here's an idea. Leave out the weird alligator and all that animation and just fill in a few connecting connecting points i guess but i mean at that point at that point they've (laughs) they've animated a giant alligator in a whole musical number so like i get it you you made it already the the time to not make that decision was well before you actually animated that but yeah there's a couple of things that could have been added to make everything after that alligator a little smoother Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. but i think um I think once um, we get to where Charlie's like trying to rescue Anne Marie um, and like is having to choose between her and the watch and stuff, and like you, you, we see him struggle with trying to get them both out of the water. The whole place is on fire. All of that like felt it. That felt right. It felt like they they put the time and animation into that to make that scene work and feel compelling and threatening and stuff. And like. Yeah, like you can see him struggling to get all to get both of that, and then making the decision. Okay, I gotta help her first, and then maybe I can get to it. And yeah, I felt like that scene worked really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I agree. And then oh, and then so she gets he pushes her out, and she goes out of the ship. And then Killer is randomly the one that pushed is pushing her to shore. And yeah. He's like, oh, thanks, I guess, guy. Or you just like, I guess I'll help this girl now that my boss is probably eaten by an alligator. I don't know what it was a little random. I can accept it, but it was just a little random. It was, was especially since they kind of established when the beginning, when he tells her to feed the girl, he doesn't want to deal with yeah, her. Yeah, he doesn't so, seem to even like her. Yeah, to like her. So why would he have been I'm compelled? I'm not sure. Yeah. That was weird. strange. But let's talk about the final scene. Well, the final scene is in heaven, but like the final scene with Anne-Marie. Yes not a huge fan i mean i think it could have been done so much better because i don't know it 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 was unclear i mean i don't know 
I don't know why Charlie had to say, I'll be back and keep lying to her, you know, instead of just like, That's actually, true. I'm dead again. <laughs> I was. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, I don't know. It, it, it was moments. I mean, I was definitely sad because yeah. I was, you know, uh, motivated. Did you cry but, or tear up at all? I did. Yeah. I mean, well, especially when initially she got she got sick and and then when she was and that just final, heartbroken. Like, and that final, like, I love you and stuff. I know. Like, yeah, that yeah. definitely tugs at the heart and strings. That, yes, and that was good. And, of course, I loved Itchy being there. I loved yeah. that, him snuggling on the bed with her. It's cute. I loved Itchy. Uh, I guess and, the parents just allowed him to be there. Yeah. Mm. And, but, yeah, I don't know. It was, uh, it was, it was, again, I guess it was somewhat confusing. Just because, it, interesting, the, the heaven-hell scene. Where initially hell, you know, kind of let him, but why would, why would, if he was going to hell, why would he have been allowed to come back to visit her? We didn't even actually talk about his nightmare, which was, that was a fun bit of animation. I actually uh, know that that part was censored too. They had more close-ups of that scary demon thing um, that they ended up cutting um, to make it slightly more palatable for kids but that would have been cool to watch <laughs> but i don't think hell would have been generous in letting you go say goodbye to yeah, someone i'm not sure so that why was kind he was strange. allowed to do that because yeah. even like the big shadowy thing that it was still not shadowy he's like kind of molten he looked cool but like he was like he was basically like charlie let's go yeah and like why was charlie allowed to do exactly this? I, don't I don't think hell would have been real generous yeah. about you saying your goodbyes so yeah. I don't know. I'm glad he got to, certainly, exactly. but I'm not sure why. Exactly. And, then, and then, yeah, then the little light comes and the thing explodes, which is also cool looking. Um, and so Charlie then rightfully gets his last moments. But yeah, I'm not sure why he was allowed it to begin with. Yeah, it would it would have made more sense that he was trying to go there and he was pulled back and then the light came and yeah. let him go. I mean, I, there's just so many, to me, kind of, I don't know, slight fixes, you know, little fixes that would have made a big impact. Yeah. But, but anyway, and then I just don't feel like he was as, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it showed as fully. I wasn't as satisfied as I could have been, I guess. Sure. I think there could have been more just heart felt moments and showing that he really did care about her and that he really did put her first, Mm -hmm. even, you know, apologies type thing, but just, I don't know. I think there could have been a little bit even more to make it. I think there could have been more. I think overall, I personally was satisfied with the emotions that that final scene made me feel. But it definitely, I think it could have, the scene itself could have been a little bit more. But I think even as it was, it would have been better had the stuff leading up to it worked better. Mm -hmm. You know? Because, yeah, I guess let's talk about Charlie's ultimate character arc doesn't doesn't really feel earned like it's he's pretty much the same jerk until he decides to die to help her or at least risk dying to help her and then if he does but like until then he's pretty much the same like obviously he uh, uh, has affection for and cares about her but he also does keep doing crappy things to her again and again and it's really not until he dies to save her that that he does anything good for her which makes it feel like if he hadn't died he wouldn't necessarily have actually changed (laughs) like he wouldn't he probably would have let her i mean maybe he would have let her stay with them i don't even know like yeah it's weird it doesn't 
it feels like I can see where they're trying to go with the character arc, but it never actually gets there. It just hits the plot point of he dies for her, so that inherently redeems him. Which, sure, but it doesn't actually feel like his character changed. Yeah, I think that's... I think that is where I'm coming from when I say I wanted more in that final Mm -hmm. scene. That final scene was one of my favorites and it definitely tugged at my heartstrings and it definitely was fulfilling. Mm -hmm. But I think because there, if for, if for example, when he was talking to itchy, the dog where she saw him being disgenuine, even if instead of them doing that and having the, misunderstanding at some other point it would have made more sense if he had heartfelt or been called a task by itchy saying you you care about her you don't just want her around for whatever just admit that you can't do without her or something like that yeah so that it would show that he absolutely had genuine feelings for her Mm -hmm. i don't know yeah i agree all right well that's the end of our spoilers so let's go ahead and, and head to our overall consensus on the movie on a let's start with our 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 star scale that will always fluctuate. <laughs> um, approximately, where would you put it on a five star scale? One point two five. I can't with your point two whatever is. <laughs> well, it's it's halfway fine. between one and explain 1. yourself. 5. Explain yourself. Um, and I think that's like that to me. It's a little bit just because the animation, because the the plot was all over the point all over the point all over the place there were times where i it was hard to follow Mm -hmm. there were also some scenes again that were disjointed that Mm -hmm. didn't connect well the you know the music wasn't just so outstanding that i found myself remembering and singing all the songs i don't know i would just i enjoyed it but again i i don't i don't think i would i don't think i'd bring it up to two or even 1.5 necessarily i would probably give it a two I st- I mean, admittedly, I have tons of nostalgia attached to it, but I also, I think it's a movie that's probably worth watching at least once because it's just weird. <laughs> and I think the first half does work pretty well, like up uh, probably th- at least through the part where the, with the horse races and maybe a bit after that, if everything feels like it's clicking pretty well, but it's just, it doesn't. The end just kind of falls apart quite a bit, and it, and it feels like stuff just gets... There's some stuff that just seems overly weird, and just stuff that feels overly rushed, and just ultimately doesn't feel like it comes together like it should, and so it robs the final major emotional beat of some of that emotion because of all that. Um, and the, yeah, and the character arcs don't feel like they hit all the beats that they need to. But it's a fun movie and there's the animation is is fun to watch it's it's i mean i love disney animation but it is fun to see how other people do it um and i i would i would definitely recommend it um to at least watch even if it's definitely not as good as my um nostalgia would have told me before rewatching it again now would you recommend it or no I would recommend it, but to older children, I definitely would, you know, now in hindsight, I Mm -hmm. would recommend it to children that at least, you know, have reasoning and and you clearly know, you know, right, wrong. No, I don't know. I think I agree, not because of the smoking and the gambling and stuff, but because it feels like our protagonist isn't really very moral until, like, 
the very final moments and it feels like I mean, he's the protagonist, so let's have that role model be established when they've got a better grasp of morality. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would yeah. agree. I would agree. And I can see you giving it a, a 2.0, but I think, I again... I just said 2. Can you not add a point oh to... <laughs> 2.0. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I just... But with me, too, is I just think with the theme and, and even the color scheme and all of that, it's just, again, not not one of my, you know, absolute favorites. But again, I I love it for the fact that, you know, we had so many memories with it in that sense. But yeah, Mm -hmm. I would definitely, I would recommend it though. uh, But again, to older children. All right. Well, this has been fun. And next time, uh, Itchy dies and there's a Christmas uh, special of a movie. Wait, what? What? (laughs) We'll see y'all next time. Oh my goodness. Until next time. What? What? (laughs) When was this? This has been How's It Hold Up with Danica Juarez and Jan James. You can find our podcast on Twitter at How's It Hold Up Pod. That's with each word capitalized and no apostrophe. Also, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash user question mark U equals 2790566. Every little bit helps, and even with a minimum pledge, you get access to things you won't hear in our main podcast feed. Check it out for more info. The two pieces of music used in this episode were created by Kevin McLeod. You can find both The Curtain Rises and Cool Cats at incomptech.com. That's I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H dot com. Both songs were licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. More info on that can be found at http colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0. Thanks for listening. <laughs>